This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is the original Lord of Lancaster. He is the captain. I rule this land with my mighty sword. Dilly, dilly. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. This week we are drinking Gold Star Pilsner by the fine people at Lancaster Brewing Company in beautiful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Garage grade, three and a half bottle caps out of five. This is a classic style Pilsner that is brewed from the freshest noble hops. Gold Star Pilsner has a floral, slightly spicy herbal aroma and flavor. And I don't think this baby is available in bottles or cans, so clap your hands for kegs and draft beers. This week, we are clapping our hands for our beer buddies. First up, we have Kayla and Mina, Arkansas. And a big shout out to Shelly in Greenfield, Indiana. Next up, we have Trent in Victoria, Australia. And a big We Like Your Jib to Carrie in Buffalo, New York. And a cheers to our buddy Chuck in Boise Town. And last but not least, a thank you to Anna Lee in Seattle, Washington. And a thank you to all of you for helping us out with this week's beer run. And if you want to put a couple cold ones in the fridge for next week's show, Go to TrueCrimeGarage.com and click on the Donate button. Check out the website store. We have awesome teas. We have new tumblers, new coffee mugs, and new beer koozies. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Monday, December 21st, 1992, the start of a new week. Not just any week, but the work week leading up to Christmas. Inside Christy Merrick's sixth grade classroom, her students awaited her arrival. Now, she was the type of teacher that would bring gifts to make the Christmas special for them. Unfortunately, she would never make it out of her front door. Someone brutally attacked this young woman and left her lifeless body inside her townhouse. 
Police were notified and arrived on the scene very quickly. The scene was processed, evidence was collected, and the investigation started. The usual suspects were all interviewed, and all leads were followed, but all were dead ends. As said in the first episode, what we found in the reports, it looks like initially three men were considered to be suspects by the police. But of those three, the fact is, all three of the investigators' initial suspects were absolved because they were tested and in all cases found that their DNA did not match the DNA evidence found at the crime scene. One very strange thing here that I'm sure the community was struggling with at the time of her murder, because this was such a safe community. This is an area where murders just don't happen that often. Now I did check back over the last 15 years and the rate of violent crime in Lancaster County is higher than the national average, but that's all relative because the murder rate is quite low, right? They only average like four or five murders a year in the County in the last 15 years, more specifically this township where the murder of Christy Merrick took place. The crime rate is quite, quite low. Violent crime is almost 46% lower than the national average. And in 2017, and so far in this year, in 2018, the murder rate is zero. So a strange thing for this community back then, a young woman, well, a girl, this is 16-year-old Lori Show. She was found murdered inside her home one year and a day before Christy Merrick was discovered murdered in her home. So Lori Show was found on December 20th, 1991. Christy Merrick discovered December 21st, 1992 in the same township. So forget about county. We're talking about the same township here. Two young women found one year apart murdered inside their homes. There was reason. There was reason for the the public to think these might be connected. Yeah. And sometimes we see this with serial killers where they will kill almost on an anniversary of another killing. And the strange thing here for the public, you know, by this time, by the time of Christy Merrick's murder, they had, in fact, made an arrest in the previous murder the year before in Lori Shaw's case. But for the community, when, when there's doubt cast upon that arrest that's made, you have a community that is not used to experiencing murder. And so when a young woman, 25 years of age is found killed in her town home, and then you go, wait, this seems familiar. Oh yeah. One year ago, this happened to a 16 year old girl and she was found murdered inside her home. Right. So this is a very strange thing for this township, this community, these people to go through. Now, we would later learn because of an arrest made in Lori Show's case and, and later convictions that took place that this would not, in fact, be connected. Law enforcement did receive a good deal of help from the community as far as cooperation and tips that turned to leads that they were followed up on. But the tips that once inundated the police in the weeks after the homicide of Christy Merrick, well, that slowed with the passage of time. Law enforcement would not give up on solving this case, however. Proof of such, they upped the ante and they asked the FBI for their help. The FBI Behavior Analyst Unit in Quantico, Virginia, stepped in and they worked up a profile of the killer. Christie's case received national media attention, and Lieutenant Renee Schuler, the lead detective on the Merrick case, participated in an intensive 11-week training course 
at the FBI Academy in Quantico. This took place in 1995. So let's review what the FBI and Lieutenant Schuler had come up with. This is the killer's profile. It is believed that this attack and murder is the work of a single individual, one man acting alone, possibly 25 to 35 years old at the time of the murder. This man had knowledge that at about 7 a.m. on Monday, December 21st, Christy Merrick would be alone getting ready for school in her townhouse. The murderer is described as someone who wouldn't stand out in the crowd. He is an observer, not the center of attention or the life of a party. He probably had not killed before, but might have committed date rape. He likely went into a rage when Christy either rejected him or wouldn't stop resisting him. This was a huge case and even bigger investigation. Over 1,500 interviews were conducted, and by 1995, forensic testing would exclude 60 suspects. So 60 men suspected, tested, and not a match to the evidence collected at the murder scene. Mm -hmm. Then in 2002, another very sad part to this story, to this by 2002 now cold case, Christie's mother, Jerry, is dying from cancer, and she makes a deathbed plea in the newspaper for new information in the case. Jerry and the Merrick family spoke with the, I believe it was called either the Lancaster News or the Lancaster Newspaper. But since the murder in late 1992, so for over 25 years by this date, this newspaper has covered this case, every bit of it, and they have done a very thorough and excellent job, by the way, covering Christie's case. Jerry told the paper that she feared that she would die before the 10-year anniversary of her daughter's murder. She feared that she would die never knowing the truth. Now, we know how important these big anniversaries can be for a case and for an investigation. And you had referenced earlier that with the death of with the murders of two individuals that we later learned are not connected being killed almost one year apart, right. how these anniversaries can mean something either to the uh, perpetrator of these crimes. It also gets people talking in the community. One of the reasons why we try to highlight different cases, especially around the time that they took place is that people start talking again. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's as simple as somebody overheard something at a party five years after the murder, that could be the break that law enforcement needs. Yeah, we'll highlight a case and we'll show it to, you know, and uh, remind everybody in the garage about it. But locally, on the local level, people start seeing news, you know, news reports, reporting on the case. or yeah. gatherings, yeah. And it reminds, the, it reminds the masses that this is not solved. You know, when we, when we met with that group and spoke at the crime and corruption event on Saturday... They, one of the questions we were asked was, what are the general misconceptions you see with some of the cases that you cover? And our answer was that sometimes people think that there is a conclusion to a case and there has not been. Right. You know, you even on a local level, somebody disappears or they're murdered, 10, 20 years go by and people just start to assume that it has been solved. Yeah. During this interview, Jerry told the newspaper that her family was pretty much convinced that Christy knew her killer, that she had opened the door for someone she knew or even maybe someone she was expecting to see that morning. Jerry was fighting her third bout with cancer, breast cancer that eventually metastasized to her brain. 
Jerry said in the interview that she wanted to know who, who, and why. And fighting through the tears, she added, quote, was she that terrible a person that they had to kill her? So very sad to read through this interview with, with Christie's mother. Yeah, her death didn't have anything to do with her personality or, or her character. It had everything to do with the animal that killed her character. Yeah, the monster that killed her. And I think that's what you hear. Like when when I when I read this, I almost heard her mother Jerry saying it to me, or as if I were in the room and her fighting through the tears and saying, Was she that terrible of a person that they had to kill her? Meaning I've gone nine years since my my daughter's been murdered and I have no answers. And I, I and I've been searching for these for nine years and now I'm at the end. Right. I have no answers and I don't know what to say about this because it makes no sense. The Merrick family also discussed their frustrations with the investigation, not being able to produce the killer by this point. Jerry's husband and Christie's father, Vincent Merrick said, we did whatever they asked us to do. We assumed they told us everything we needed to know. We didn't talk. We didn't say nothing to nobody. The last thing we wanted to do was to jeopardize the case. Right, and, and in this investigation, it's tough because it seems like the investigators and law enforcement and even media is doing everything that they can, and actually, you know, they're they're not coming up with the answers, but they're checking things off the list. I mean, if you test, you know, what, what 60, 60 some six zero people, yeah, that's a lot of semen. Um, but you test that many people and you cross them off the list, yes, you don't have, um, the evidence is still funneling towards the truth. Mm -hmm. And Vincent said, as of this article that we're referencing, that it's from 2002, that at that time, at that time, he saw things differently saying, quote, nice people finish last. Christie's sister said, I didn't get the feeling they were used to dealing with these kinds of things, meaning murder investigation. Right now, her brother said that, they had so many changes of hands down there referencing the police department stating every time you talk to them, somebody different was handling the case police response to the family statements and a good one. In my opinion, Lieutenant Schuler, who was the original investigator who had been working the case since the beginning said that she understands the family's frustrations and their doubts, but assured them and the public that the investigators have been diligent in gathering evidence and working to solve this crime. This case has been on every police officer's mind in this county, and Lieutenant Schuler takes this personally. Officers stated that although investigators have changed, people get older, move to new positions, and retire. That does not change the continuity. Right. And the officers took this opportunity to remind the public that they will work this case until it is solved. They believed that it can be solved and reminded the public for their continued help with the case, adding, we are not on an island. We need phone calls and letters to continue. And I say, Captain, to these investigators, God bless them. Right. Do you see, you see what they did here, Captain? They, they handled it exactly, exactly how I have said investigators should handle questions and the media attention in regards to an open case. These people are brilliant, I tell you. You go out there and you say, we're working the case very hard. We still have some leads. We are still collecting evidence. We still need the public's help. We believe this can be solved. Right. That's how you address the public. And, and that we're getting closer, that we feel like we're getting closer. 
not because only that that puts the pressure on them, but you know, and, and but you know, the family is going to have some kickback after so many years, and I I understand why. Oh, they, I don't they, fault they, them one bit. They're frustrated, but you know, I think their frustration went, went probably towards the wrong people. Sadly, on November fourth, two thousand and two, this just a couple months after the newspaper article that we just discussed, Mrs. Jerry Merrick, just not just fifty nine years old, died at her home in Shemokin. Death came just one day after Christy would have celebrated her thirty fifth birthday. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL Learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, 
Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, me mateys. And if you're looking for our old episodes, check us out on the Stitcher app. It's free from the episode one to now. You can get it free on the Stitcher app. And also check out our weekly bonus show called Off the Record on Stitcher Premium. And I guess you can get a free month of listening if you want to try, if you want to take the old Stitcher Premium for a test drive. And you can do that by going to stitcherpremium.com slash truecrimegarage. Use promo code garage. Yeah, and the thing is, is we have 12 episodes out now. So we just did an update. Off the record, I'm loving that show, Captain. I love doing it. Thank you. And we've had fun doing it. And we've received a lot of praise and a lot of great feedback so far. And sometimes I'm allowed to to actually talk on that show. (laughs) We allow allow the captain to talk talk from time to time. Well, here's the thing, Captain. Regarding Christy Merrick and the open investigation into her murder, her family does something that is absolutely brilliant. And it's, it's, it's following the advice of all the experts I've ever spoken to, all the experts that I've ever seen on TV or read about. They all say the same thing. If a loved one of yours is murdered or missing, do your very best. No matter how long, no matter how many people you have to remind, do not let the case fade from the public eye. 
Keep it out in front of the public and remind them that your loved one needs justice or needs to be found. And Christy Merrick's brother, Vince, in 2007, he puts up a couple billboards uh, regarding his sister's murder, asking for tips, telling the public, hey, this is a cold case and we need your help. So applaud Vince there for his efforts and working on his sister's case. That's a good brother. In 2009, Vince takes it a step further and he starts a Facebook page for his sister Christie's murder and the investigation that followed. Now, we would start to see some traction on this thing. Okay. Remember this. When when back mm-hmm. when the crime was committed, 92. there was there was DNA that was collected. Mm-hmm. And when those samples were first tested, they were put into a criminal database. But at that time, this was in 1993 when they were placed into the database. At that time, there was no match. Right. The perpetrator had no record. He was not on file for anything. And this would be the case for many, many years. Now, in 2016, Merrick's case was transferred to the district attorney in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. DNA left at the scene was sent to a new lab, which created a DNA phenotype composite of the of the killer's attributes this including hair color eye color skin tone we've seen this with the april tinsley case it's almost like that we get an eyewitness composite sketch without there being an eyewitness yeah the the phenotype report included visual composites of what the killer would look like at various ages and these were released to the public in november of 2017 i think we've not referenced this as the phenotype composite in the past when we discussed this, but it's the lay term is what something like snapshot DNA or snapshot, uh, identification based off of DNA. So the breakthrough came when the DA's office started working with Parabon nano labs, a DNA technology company to perform genetic testing on DNA samples collected from the crime scene in 1992. Basically, they submitted a DNA profile that was found on the carpet underneath of our victim. Right. The DA pointed out at this time, because what you do is you submit this stuff, and then you kind of have to just sit back and wait to see what they come up with. So the DNA pointed out to the public that although this process has been used in other cases throughout the country, it had not been used to solve a homicide in Pennsylvania. Now, Parabon Nanolabs uploaded the Merrick suspect DNA to an open source genetic DNA database called GED match. GED match shows the amount of shared DNA between two people and allowed Parabon to find distant cousins of the suspect. So then they build family trees and then suggest a suspect's name to law enforcement. That's very similar to like what they did with the golden state killer as well. It's actually the, the exact same thing. So, they're exactly they're right. exactly right mm-hmm. and it's performed by the exact same company so god bless these this parabon nano labs and hopefully i'm saying their name right because they are doing god's work i'm sure you're saying their name exactly right <laughs> and if the if the drinking game word is exactly um this episode then uh, we got a lot of drunk listeners authorities would not say which relative of the suspect led them to him But the suspect they came up with, well, his name is Raymond Rowe. 
The district attorney said that Roe had lived only a few miles from where the victim lived at the time of the murder. In fact, he lived approximately four miles away. He would have been 24 years old at the time of Christie's murder. So he's one year younger than, than Christie herself. Correct. Um, this guy was not like the profile would suggest, who was somebody, just another person in the crowd. This was somebody that actually enjoyed some of the spotlight most of his adult life. He went by DJ Freeze was his mm-hmm. stage name. Uh, someone who performed, it, he, I guess he started off as like a break dancer in the early 80s, but I think everybody was a break dancer in the early 80s. Uh, and he started DJing shortly after. He soon became a popular house party DJ by the mid 80s after winning some local DJ battles. And then in the early 90s, he he started DJing clubs. And some of these were rather big nightclubs with dance parties with people like five, six, seven hundred guests through the door. Yeah. And he, he, he looks like a real jackass, though. Right. Yes. Yes, he certainly does. In 1997, he opened up a DJ Pro retail store called The 12 Spot, selling DJ equipment, records, CDs, and clothing. Then he launched his DJ school based out of his retail store. So this is somebody that spent a lot of years building this career as a DJ. Uh, He's also created this retail store, and now he's training and teaching others to go into the business as well. The thing is, though, he's a POS. Mm -hmm. Right, Captain? He's one big POS because his DNA matches the DNA that was found on our murder victim and on the carpet that was found underneath of her body. Right. And we kind of told you how they ran the DNA through a system. So then we can get to having a suspect and right. yes, his DNA matched, but how did they get his DNA? Cause that's pretty interesting. Okay. So right. Although Parabon labs played a crucial role in finding the suspect for this case, for this murder well, starting, yeah, starting by finding the relatives and then finding the suspect. Yeah. Well, Parabon saying, hey, law enforcement, this is your guy. This is not that's not enough on its own because investigators have to be sure that Raymond Rowe is, in fact, their guy. Mm-hmm. So officers from the Pennsylvania State Police, they went undercover at an elementary school function where Rowe was playing music. He was working as a DJ. Mm, there must have been some short comps. On May <laughs> on May 31st of this year, mm-hmm. May 31st, 2018, authorities observed Roe with a water bottle and chewing gum and obtained them when he threw them in the trash. They they took these items. They Wouldn't tested. Wouldn't it be better if he threw it on the ground? That son of a bitch was littering, and we just picked up the gum. But he had to, you know, he's throwing it in the trash. He threw it in the well. The the exact report says he abandoned them. No, oh, he probably threw them on the ground. The sick son of a bitch. Which means one of two things: he he threw them in a trash can, or he put the gum in the empty water bottle and left it on the table where he was performing work, and just you know mm-hmm. just left it there. So I think he put it on the ground. They took these items that he had abandoned, quote abandoned, uh, and tested them for DNA of the against that of the suspect's profile it was confirmed that the dna from those items the gum and the water bottle matched the semen sample on the carpet and the samples that were found on merrick's body the odds of this being a match one in 200 octillion 
Now, I went to school for computer, so I do not know how big of a number octillion is. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's what, like 200 followed by eight zeros? I have no idea. Somebody will let us know. Somebody will let us know how big of a number that is. Mm-hmm. Um, the world's population is like seven and a half to maybe eight billion people. Octillion. I can tell you this. I do know octillion is much bigger than than a billion. That's so, more than more people on Earth and Mars and Pluto combined. Correct. So Roe was he was never a suspect at the time of the initial investigation, and I couldn't find anything to suggest that he was in fact the suspect at any time during the investigation. Yeah, but he knew her, right? You have to assume that. You have right. to assume that because it, it, I think what where the profile was right and where and this was something that you know police knew this I think they knew this before they asked the FBI for additional help mm-hmm. the the statement in the profile where it says it was a single individual <laughs> acting alone that knew that somehow knew Christy Merrick would be alone at 7 a.m on that December morning inside her townhouse. That to me is the number one factor inside that profile. Yeah, and, well, this guy lives, like we said, four miles away. He's a DJ. He's roughly the same age. Uh-huh. So if she goes to any clubs, he knows who she is. Sixteen thousand people in this community. I live in a a, a pretty small town. Uh, I'd say about forty five, fifty thousand people. And there's a couple hole in the wall bars. I go there. I know everybody. Right, doesn't matter which hole in the wall bar. I pretty much know everybody. If you if you go to the hole in wall bars a couple times, you pretty much know everybody that goes to them. Yeah. So this guy, he's been arrested less than two months ago. So what I'm curious mm-hmm. to see is what's going to come out about him and the connection to Christie. Right. You know it, it, what? What are we going to learn at the trial? And now, okay, so Raymond Rowe was arrested at his home, and he's charged with criminal homicide. Now keep this in mind, Captain. We're talking Is about he married. Uh, I don't know if he was married at the time of his um, arrest, but what I do have here in my notes that he's been divorced three times. Oh, real winner. Uh, he also does not have much of a criminal history. He's probably like it was. It was all their faults. And maybe the mine. the most surprising thing to me, anyway, was that he was still living in Lancaster at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes these people move far away. So here's what I want to know is how did this guy that we don't see an obvious connection to our victim, how did, how is the profile right in the fact that he knew she was alone inside of that home by herself? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think the direct connection is that he DJs at clubs and he probably saw her and she's an attractive female and followed her home or, or, or knew her through the clubs. I mean, she might have enjoyed dancing. You know, I was I was married to a, a lady that enjoyed dancing. So, what does she do when you go to the club? She tells the DJ what she wants to hear, so mm-hmm. she can dance to it. Right. Then she kind of gets to know the DJ a little bit. Probably same thing happened here. You know, or the group of girls knew the DJ. I mean, this guy is a douche wagon for sure, but he, you know, he's not a bad looking gentleman. I shouldn't even call him gentleman. He's not a bad looking douchebag. But so I just think you got this uh, a very small town, probably not a lot to do, and you probably knew the local DJ. 
if you went out. No, I, she was twenty five years old. So I get that. Going. What I'm saying is for the for this crime to have been carried out in the way that it was, mm-hmm. that this individual had to know specific knowledge about the victim, mm-hmm. N- meaning he knew she was home alone at that time. That when she, when he for whatever reason that he approached her. Well, he might have been a creep and and stalked her. That's what I was asking yeah. you. If you thought maybe he had followed her home, uh, watched her, got to know her routine, or could it be something, you know, maybe not first thought, but maybe did he know the roommate and then in, in some mm-hmm. kind of turn knew Christie's movements through that. So I'm curious to see how it's going to come out and what will come of it, of how this perpetrator victim relationship was not to suggest that they had a relationship, but what, how did he know her and how did he know her movements? Also curious to know if he turns out to be the man that the neighbors said that they saw on the day of the crime. Right. Can we figure, I couldn't find out what kind of car this guy was driving at the time of the murder. I just said douche wagon. Cause we have a description of that vehicle. 1991 douche wagon. Well, and given what he did to Christy and mm-hmm. re- regarding what we know about this crime and this murder, you have to wonder, first of all, you have to wonder, has he ever raped other women? Oh yeah. And like we said, you know, probably date rape. I mean, he's in the, you know, he's putting himself, he's probably a serial date rapist. Uh, that that I'm going to put money on that right now. I'm just going to go on a limb. Or it could just be a rapist. May it has nothing to do with with dating. No, 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 but that's. I think you're getting that confused because what I'm saying is he's a DJ in a club, and look, even if you're feeding, he might get drinks for free, right? Gets paid a little bit of money, gets some drinks for free. Hey, if you're feeding a girl too many drinks, that that's a form of date rape, right? So I think this guy was put in. This guy is a creepo. He has serious issues, and he was putting himself in situations over and over. And I guarantee you that he probably had some drug problems throughout the years as well. Well, I question just rape outside of date rape or whatever you want to call it, because regarding the crime we know he has committed, even though he's not been convicted yet, it's 200 octillion, one in 200 octillion. It looks to me like this guy came and pushed in someone's door, knocked him to the ground and raped him on the floor. Right. And that, that is much different than feeding somebody drinks or going out with That's them or st- anything it, like well, that. Well, still rape. And I, and I hope, you know, his genitals get cut off in prison. Well, you also have to wonder, did anybody else know? I mean, because, and I say that because 25 years has passed. Did he tell anybody? Yeah. Well, I, don't, the, I think people in this, uh, cause this is the case that um, as it was coming out, as it was unfolding, we had a great listener of ours. I will not use her name, but she, I think I could promote her band. Her band is freaking awesome. They're called Alien Knife Fight. She grew up in this town, and this guy constantly hit on her, constantly tried to date her, constantly was kind of creepy towards her, and she constantly said, no, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Um so if you get a chance, check out Alien Knife Fight. Great band. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe they didn't know, but it was known in this community that this guy was a little bit of a creepo. Well, and here's what's great about this case. You know, so we have the we have the Golden State Killer case. 
And we know the outcome of that. They finally, after all these years, been able to arrest the believed perpetrator of those rapes and murders from California. As of this last weekend, and we discussed this at length on our other show, Off the Record, on yesterday's Off the Record, the April Tinsley case, there's been a major break and now an arrest in that case Mm -hmm. because of this Parabon nanolabs. And then we have Christy Merrick's case, 25 years old case, mm-hmm. an arrest and, and a DNA match that is one in 200 octillion. So what I'm getting at here is this is the future, my friends. And, it, and what a great future it is for law enforcement. What a great future it is for all the families of victims of cold cases that are out there. Because I, I have to wonder. How many other cases will be solved this way? The information that I could find, Captain, if you have a good DNA sample, a good DNA profile of your suspect, of a killer or of a rapist, you can submit that to Parabon Nanolabs. And guess what it costs to do the work that they done on Golden State, do the work that they did on Christy Merrick's case, and now April Tinsley's case? What does it cost? $2,000. For $2,000, you could submit that DNA profile. That's not a lot of money when a community is is concerned about a killer on the loose. No. And you could clear a case off of your books. And we're talking about these cases, these three cases that I've just referenced today. These are famous cases. These are cases that within their state, people still wonder today who killed that individual, who killed these individuals in California, who killed that little girl in Indiana. Right. And you get a big case like that off of your books, you remind the community then and there with that action that we will not stop. We will stop at nothing to pursue justice for the victims. Well, and you're also letting these freaking dirt bags know your days are numbered because you said so in this. You said so in the off the record episode yesterday. You said you think that we're in we're going to be in the golden age of cold cases being solved and i think you're right my friend yes get ready for it because i believe that there will be countless there will be a countless number of cases being solved this way and what will end up coming to light is people that that were never suspected and people that you would never expect will be getting arrested for crimes from their past maybe from their distant past too this is a trend that is trending up and it's just in fa- it's just starting And the other thing too, that you have to wonder is what effect will this have on, on a suspect holding a secret for so long? And what I mean by that is people out there that the killers that are hiding in the shadows out there Mm -hmm. for all these years, pay attention to what's going on. Oh, they're paying attention, pay attention because now you, you have a limited amount of time. You have a limited opportunity Mm -hmm. to go and say, look, I'm not proud of this. This is what I did. I'm turning myself in. You have a limited amount of time because if they got your DNA on profile, it's only, it's, it's going to, it's going to be like a domino effect. Tick, 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 boom. We're going to get to you eventually. Right. You also have to wonder, Mm -hmm. will we see an increase in suicides over the fear of these killers hiding in the shadow, their, their past catching up with them? Yeah, I think you're going to see that. You're going to see that for them to save face uh, with their family and maybe with their community. Because maybe if uh, if I'm dead, they won't test my DNA. You know? Yeah, 
I think that's some people are going to view it that way. But for the other ones, you're going to get caught. And uh, I hope severely bad things happen to you in, in prison because I think that's what you got coming to you. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It, it's, it's so interesting of a time right now for law enforcement and to, and to be involved in true crime mm-hmm. because it's with with the three that we've had so far, like I said, all very famous cases, well-known cases to you and I and to all the listeners out there. It's like, man, when you sent me that text the other day saying that there was an arrest in the April Tinsley case, now when I when my phone buzzes anymore, I'm wondering what case is next. What famous case that we've wondered about all these years is next? Mm-hmm. Who did they bust and why and how? You know, it, we're we're living in the golden age of it. And like I said, get ready for it. There will be a countless number of cases being solved this way. One that jumps off the page to me, Captain, that I thought of immediately as I was wrapping up my research and mm-hmm. talking to you about this case. Will this be the way that they catch the Lane Bryant killer? Captain, I want to get back to giving out a little recommended reading this week. We are recommending a book called Tiny Crimes, Very Short Tales of Mystery and Murder. Each week, Captain, you and I, you and I dive into heartbreaking real-life mm-hmm. stories on our show. So this last week, I needed a little fiction in my life to take the edge off and let me escape for a bit. And Tiny Crimes was the perfect read. This is a great companion. Travel along with you as you venture through your day or week because it's 40 very short stories all in the genre of crime writing from some of today's most imaginative and thrilling writers. Check out Tiny Crimes, and you can check out that along with all of our other recommended titles by going to truecrimegarage.com and click on the recommended page. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Till next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 